Amen. It's good to see everybody today. Welcome to Metro Believers Church. If this is your first time here, we're just thrilled that you've decided to join us. Thank you for being a part of our service. Just want to make a quick note um, in your guest packet today. You'll see that there's a, um, just an insert that talks about all of the wonderful people um, that have served during 2018. We just want to honor, this is a Sunday we want to honor um, all of our volunteers um, with appreciation. If you are one of those and you're listed in here or you serve on a team, would you stand so we can honor you today? God bless you. Let's give them a hand. Come on. Let's give them a hand. That's right. All right. So you can be seated. Um, just want you to know how, how much we appreciate you and all that you do. The Bible talks about you know, be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing, knowing that your labor in the Lord is never in vain, okay? So thank you for serving. Uh, we mixed it up a little bit this year and did a movie. I know that wasn't appealing to some because that's not the kind of movie you like or you already saw it. We apologize um, for not doing our dinner this year. Maybe we'll look at that again next year, but uh, we just thought it would be fun to do something different. Um, so we do have our T-shirts back there on the table. Um, I don't have one on, but um, they're passing them out to those who um, serve on the Dream Team. Uh, the only way you can get those, actually, you can't buy them, you have to serve on the Dream Team, okay? You have to be a part of the, the team because we know that teamwork makes the dream work. I know that sounds cheesy, but that's the, the reality. Um, it is the fact. Um, of teamwork. And so uh, we would love it if you are not currently serving on one of our teams for you to become a part of our teams, okay? Um, and you can see all sorts of different people. They're listed in your, in your uh, handout, your guide, um, the insert of those folks that are involved with those areas of ministry. But we sure, we sure could use some extra help, just so you know, um, to, do, to make this happen. This is not a simple thing. In case you didn't know that, um, this takes a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of sweat, a lot of blood, a lot of tears sometimes to make this a reality. And so just want to encourage you to consider, perhaps, if you haven't been a part of our teams in the past, you can moving forward, um, maybe even just once a month or once every six weeks. All of that would be huge, right? Can I get a good amen from all the leaders and all the people that serve, right? All right, if you don't have one of our outlines, slip up your hands and our ushers will get you one. I don't know if you caught the significance of, slip them up and our ushers will get you one, significance of 25 churches starting today. I, I'm serious. We're not talking about, you know, 25 people. We're talking about 25 churches. All right. It's huge. And they're all over the United States. And, and like... Dave said, a portion of your finances that you give, we set it aside um, so that we can, we can be committed to world missions and to uh, starting new churches, new fresh life. That's what a new church is. It's fresh life in a community. Um, and it, what it does and how it serves the community, you, we are, we're helping to become the catalyst, if you will, to help start those churches. And that's what your finances does. And so I just want you to understand. It helps do all sorts of things, support missionaries. Um, here, we have ton, a ton of YWAM missionaries that we support here in the city and um, other parts of the country, as well as 
um, so many of the things that we do in uh, our missions program that we set aside, just like we ask you to tithe 10% of your income um, to the church, we take 10% of what comes in and we set it aside. Our first fruits as a church um, to help sow into other ministries and, and potential impacts in the world. And so that's our, our model, that's what we do, and thank God for that. Thank God for 25 new churches today. There'll be people in heaven as a result of today. <laughs> think about that. Their name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life because people like you and I and other churches had vision enough to know that this was important, right? And to sow the resources necessary. So in case you haven't heard, 2019 is the year to rekindle the what? Fire, okay? Uh, I don't know, you know, where you're at in your walk with the Lord. Uh, I don't know where, you know, you, you are in your personal faith journey. But this is the year to rekindle the fire um, that you perhaps once had. Uh, uh, I asked a week or two ago, how many of you feel like you're, there was a time in your life where you felt closer to the Lord than you do t today? And most everyone raised their hand. And, and so we want to rekindle that, you know, that passion that we had for the Lord. And, and the word for the year is to rekindle the fire and to the, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, I want your hunger and your desire for me to be seen in 2019. Just that hunger and that desire that God wants to, to birth a fresh new work in us that we won't, we wouldn't be satisfied with where we're at. Amen. That we wouldn't be satisfied with, with, you know, just sort of you know, sailing along um, business as usual and sort of walking through a cultural Christianity, not be really on fire or passionate about the things of God, perhaps like we once were. Or maybe you were never like that. You, you've always been sort of a casual Christian and you've gone to church and, and that was enough for you. And, you know, living out your faith on a daily basis or an hourly basis wasn't really you. God wants to invite you into something fresh and new this year. Amen? And so this is the year, this is the year to restore your passion for him. This is the, the year to return to your first love. This is the year to regain your divine focus. This is it. Amen? Everyone say, this is it. Turn to someone and say, this is it. This is it. This is the year. To do that, this is the year to restore. This is the year to return. This is the year to regain. Um, as I was praying yesterday and, and Friday, I just thought, this is the year to do these three things, to restore our passion for him and to return to our first love and, and, and to regain our divine focus. Years ago, I was in a, a meeting where, of, of, of pastors, and we were praying together and, and worshiping, and I mean, this was... Buku years ago, and I, I remember feeling dry and feeling sort of, you know, cold in my heart and, and, and not as passionate about him as like, like I used to. And, and I remember, you know, as I was laying, I was actually laying on my face and I was worshiping him as I was laying on the ground. And I said, God, I just need you. And I felt like he spoke a word into my heart. And he said this, he said, Glenn, you've lost your divine focus and, and how many of you ever had the Lord speak a word into your heart and at the same time give you the understanding of what that meant? 
It's just cool when that happens. He, he speaks a word and then he gives you the understanding. And, and, and for those of you that perhaps have never experienced that before, God wants to do that for you. Amen. He wants to speak words into your heart that penetrate and draw you closer to his. And, and I felt like he showed me sort of this downward spiral, if you will, of what happens when you lose your divine focus. What is your divine focus? Well, divine simply means you're, you're godly, okay, God or godly. Focus means your central point of interest and importance. It's the thing you fixate on. It's the thing that you're focused on, your priority. And I felt like he said, Glenn, you've lost your divine focus. You've, I'm no longer the central point of interest and importance to you. You've lost that. And, and I felt like, you know, that he said, let me show you this whole idea of what happens and where you're at. Once you lose your divine focus, you'll lose your divine purpose. What is divine purpose? That's your godly purpose. That's your reason for existing. Purpose is all about why you're here. What, what God puts you on this planet for, that's purpose. And once you lose your divine focus, you'll lose your divine purpose. And once you lose your divine purpose, you'll lose your divine boldness or confidence. And what is that? That's your godly, Holy Spirit boldness. Well, you're not afraid. You're not ashamed of the gospel, right? You're, you, you, don't, you don't mind being named as among the Christians, right? You're not afraid for people to know you're a believer. And you're not afraid to speak up and share your faith and say things that are important, you know, in your particular culture and in the, in the places that you live and work and function. And once you lose your divine boldness, you eventually lose your divine effectiveness. And what is that? That effectiveness is influence. It's really influence in people's lives. And, and once you lose that divine effectiveness, eventually eventually you'll lose your divine results. And this is what the Lord showed me during that moment on my face back years ago, is how the enemy operates. And how many of you know he wants us to know how he operates? God wants us to know how the enemy operates. The Bible says we shouldn't be ignorant of the devil's schemes or devices. See, if we know how he functions and operates and how he tries to trip us up, then we can do something when we start to sense he's going that direction, see. And I felt like God said, you know what? The same thing is true if you just focus on, number one, maintaining your divine focus. <laughs> because when you maintain that divine focus, when Jesus is everything, when, when, when being with him is the most important thing in your life, when spending time with him in prayer and, and fellowship and, and enjoying his presence is, 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 is paramount. It's everything to you. That's your divine focus. And if you, if you maintain that divine focus, you'll maintain your divine purpose. And when, if you maintain your divine purpose, you'll maintain your divine effectiveness and so on and so forth. So the key, everyone say the key. The key is to... Return to your divine focus, amen? God wants you and I this year, 2019, to rekindle the fire, to restore, to restore the fire of God that burns in our heart, to enjoy his presence once again, to be back on fire for him. Everyone say on fire. God wants you and I to be on fire for him. 
So to restore our passion, to return to our first love, to regain our focus, God wants you and I to be passionate for the things of God, the kingdom stuff. And we found that out in chapter 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation. John the Revelator talked about being lukewarm. He talked about being being cold in in our heart and lukewarm. He talked about us losing our first love. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life where I had to actually repent for allowing things to sort of creep in and steal my first love. And I found other things slipping in and stealing that love, that first love or that passion. And I think all of us can be guilty of that. At least I can be. I don't know about you, but I can be guilty of that no matter how long I've been saved or how long I've been in church or what church I've gone to. All of us can be guilty of that. And this year, this year, I'm inviting each and every one of us, both here and watching online with our live stream, I'm inviting each one of us to have a search me, oh God, attitude. Search me, oh God, attitude. I'm inviting you to do that with me. The Bible says over in Psalm 139, It's a great verse. Um, The psalmist said, search me, O God, or search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. In other words, don't leave me like I am. Amen? Don't leave me like I am. In other words, I, I open my heart. How many of you know you have to invite God to do that? You have to, that's why I love the song we sang today about surrender, I surrender. You have to invite him into your life to do that. You have to open up your heart to him in in order to do that, to have search, to have say, God, search me, search me and know my heart. See if there is any offensive, another translation says wicked or hurtful way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting life, in the way of everlasting. Guys, this is the time to allow God to rekindle the fire. This is the year, amen? This is the year to allow him to restore your passion for him. I was thinking about this yesterday as we were, last yesterday evening, we were, we were sitting in front of our fireplace um, and, and watching the fire flicker and, you know, all of that, and I, I thought about I thought about how that a fire in a campfire, fire pit, whatever, or a fireplace actually is is similar to our Christian walk. And that is simply how many of you know you cannot put a fire on autopilot. <laughs> I was thinking about this. You can't. You just can't put it on autopilot. You just can't. You know start a fire in the fireplace and then forget about it. Because it will do what? It will go out. It will go out. Absolutely. And so I found out, I was sitting there thinking, is you have to continue to stoke the fire. And sometimes it's irritating, you know, because you just want to enjoy it. (laughs) And you don't want to have to get up and put another log in the fire and stoke the fire. But that's part of the process. It's part of the journey. It's part of the experience. It's part of enjoying a fire. 
And, and you have to continue to stoke the fire. You have to continue to put logs on the fire. You have to, even sometimes you have logs on the fire, you have to create oxygen, right? So that the fire will continue to burn. And that's the same, it's so true about our Christian walk. You can't put it on autopilot. And some of us have tried. We've, we've tried to just put it on autopilot, just sort of let it go, you know, let it go. And, and we found that it's gone out. And, or it's barely flickering, or there, there's just some embers there. Well, you know what? God can do a lot with embers. Amen? God can restart that, restore that, rekindle that in your life if you'll cooperate with him and do your part. I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 51. He said, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew. Everyone say renew. Renew. Put another log on the fire. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me from your presence or, or take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore. There's two words that I think need to be on our lips this year. Renew and restore. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Folks, I believe God wants to restore some things in our lives. I love it that we're fasting and praying to start off the new year and, and, and inviting him to come and, and, and rekindling the fire and trusting him. So we're in week two of this series called The Rhythm of Life, and it's about setting the tempo of our daily routine so that it sort of clicks along in good time. It's about living in the zone, as athletes call it kind of the sweet spot of our faith, it, it, you know, where your life performs like a well-oiled machine uh, when it comes to our walk with God and just in general with life. Last week, we talked about the, the, the rhythm of gratitude. I remember that. If you weren't here, get that CD or maybe go online and watch that. We talked about how important it is to start our day with gratitude, to develop an attitude of gratitude and to be thankful for what we have instead of being unthankful or ungrateful for what we don't have. And fixating on that, we need to be thankful for what we do have. We talked about how important that is in our walk with the Lord and in our daily lives. We found out that the more we appreciate our lives, the more our life will be appreciated or will appreciate. And this week I want to build on that <clears throat> was something that I mentioned last week, and that was simply how we start our day, starting our day out right. It's called the rhythm of renewal, if you will, or the rhythm of surrender. It's that syncopation, it's that drumbeat of, of, of surrender, of renewal, of rekindling the fire. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. John Maxwell says this, he said, All's well that, that begins well. A lot of people say all's well that ends well, right? He, he sort of back, backs it up to say all's well that begins well. How are you beginning your day? How are you beginning your life? And over the years, you know, I've seen many believers, you know, in some, what, 38 years, 39 years of ministry, I've watched believers fall by the wayside. 
I've watched them get off beat, if you will, and some, you know, completely abandon their faith and walk away from being a Christian. Others haven't really necessarily left their faith or the church, um, but there are other things that have taken its place. There are other things, you know, their life is about other things, and, and they let their relationship just sort of simmer on Sunday only, on a Sunday only level. It's just, you know, the rest of the week, they just do their thing and sort of, you know, just do life, and then they come back to church on Sunday, and they think, oh, yeah, that, that's right, there is a God. <laughs> and, and it, you know, it rarely happens in an instant. It rarely happens overnight. How many of you know that? It just sort of happens over time. It's gradual. It's usually, it's usually something that you don't really even see coming until you're there. And it comes down to uh, what this series is really all about, and it's the rhythm of daily life. The rhythm of life determines what your life becomes. Did you hear me? The rhythm, the rhythm of daily life actually is what determines what your life becomes. I think it was Aristotle that said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence is not an event, but a habit. And one of the most important habits that a person can develop is the habit of starting each day out the right way. That's why this is critical, guys. If we're going to rekindle the fire, if we're going to let God restore um, our first love, if we're going to renew what we have with him this year in 2019, we're going to have to learn how to start our day out right. Beginning right makes all the difference in the world. So today I want to talk about starting your day the right way every day, all the time. So there's three things I wanted to give you that I think can help you really start it out right. The first one is simply this, get started with a clean slate. Get started with a clean slate. Matt shared this verse earlier and it's so true, I wanted to share it here in the message. Get started with a clean slate. Lamentations 3, verse 22 says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. How many of you are glad for that? Everyone say never. <laughs> the, steadfast, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are, what? New. New every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Man, you could chew on that verse for days and just suck the life into your being. This verse perhaps is one of the most powerful in Scripture. Why? His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Did you hear me? It doesn't, ha it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Even if you dropped the ball, e even if you went to sleep on the job or you missed the boat or every other failure-prone metaphor you can imagine, Today is a new day. Today is a brand new day. God's mercies 
are brand new. And they're for you today. Amen? I mean, his love is rock solid and consistent. That's the, the joy of, of being a Christian is, is he's not moving. Amen? He, you know, it's not based on what you did or didn't do. He's just flat in love with you. He loves your face. He loves everything about you. If he had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. <laughs> God just loves you, and his mercies are brand new. He never, he never changes. And you have a clean slate to start every day. Tomorrow morning when you get up, I want you to think about that, the first thing. I, today I have a brand new clean slate. I have a clean slate to start with. Clean page, blank page. Doesn't matter what I did yesterday. Doesn't matter that I don't deserve anything good. I have a clean slate. It's not about what you and I deserve. It's about the mercies of God being poured out on his people. It's common to wake up some days and feel unworthy and unmotivated and incapable of doing what God has called each of us to do. Has anyone ever done that? Come on. Yeah. But it's not about our, our ability. It's not about what you and I bring to the table. It's about what he has for us. It's about his mercies. I love what the writer of the Hebrew said. He said in Hebrews 4, 16, let us then approach the throne of grace with what? Confidence, or one, one translation says boldness. Let us come to the throne of grace with confidence, with boldness, so that we may receive, there's that word again, mercy, and find another word, what? Grace to help in our time of need. I mean, we can approach God's throne, and we can, and we can ask him for his mercy and his grace today. Because they are new every morning. Remember the Etch-a-Sketch thing? Back in the day, I used to use this as an illustration, but I can't, I can't find my old Etch-a-Sketch or my eraser slate. But you remember that whole deal? You, you know, you, they were kind of difficult to maneuver and operate, but you, know, you could draw something. But when you made a mistake, you could just do what? You could shake it up. <laughs> you could shake it up, and it would be a complete start over, a do-over. It'd be a blank, blank slate where you could start anew and afresh. And that's what God's grace and God's mercy does for you and I every single day. We have a new start. We have a new start. I love, you get in the habit of starting your day saying, this is the day. This is the day, Psalm 118. This is the day that the Lord has made. I choose to be glad and rejoice in it. That's the way I quote that verse. I choose, by an act of my will, I choose today to be glad and rejoice in this day, today. So get in the habit of saying, this is a new day with new mercies bestowed on me with new opportunities to behold. Amen? I won't wallow around in yesterday. I won't deal with, I'm going to walk into this day with a clean slate, fresh, new, forgiven, open to what God has in store for me. The second habit I think all of us need to do every day is simply get focused on today. If you're taking notes, you can fill in that blank. Get focused on today. 
The truth of the matter is, all of us spend way too much time worrying about things that don't exist. Things like yesterday and tomorrow. Yeah. It's too late for yesterday and you can't depend on tomorrow. That's why, as John Maxwell says, that's why today matters. Today matters, right? And God wants you and I to succeed in life today. He wants us to extract all that this day can actually give us through him. Every one of us want to have a good day. How many of you want to have a good day? Every single one of us want to have a good day, but not many people know what a good day looks like, looks like much less how to actually create one. And fewer people understand that the way you live today impacts your tomorrow. The way the things that you do today impacts your tomorrow. Good or bad. And people create success in their lives by focusing on today. It might sound trite, but today is the only time you and I have. This Ephesians 5 says, making the most of, of our time because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be vague or thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is today, today matters. And the secret to a great life, how many of you want one of those? The secret to a great life is stringing a bunch of great days together. What do you do with today? What do you do with the next 24 hours right smack dab in front of you? That's the key. And most of the time we miss this. Why? Because of, of a couple faulty mindsets that's there in your notes. First of all, we over-exaggerate yesterday. <laughs> we over-exaggerate yesterday. I mean, our past failures and successes often look bigger to us in hindsight than they really were. And this is, this is both good and bad stuff. Some people never get over their past. They never get over their accomplishments. They become fixated on the past, yesterday. And they live their life in the rearview mirror. You've probably heard the saying, you know, the, the older I am, the better I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Second, we overestimate tomorrow. So first, we over-exaggerate yesterday. Second, we overestimate tomorrow. William Allen Wright said this, multitudes of people have fall, fa failed to live for today. They've spent their lives reaching for the future. What they have had within their grasp today, they've missed entirely because only the future has intrigued them. And before they knew it, the future became the what? The past. They missed it. It slipped right by them. Listen, hoping for a, a, a great future without investing in today is like a farmer waiting for a crop without planting any seed. It just doesn't happen. And the third faulty mindset is simply this. We underestimate today. We underestimate today. Benjamin Franklin said this. He said, 
Time is the stuff life is made of. Today is the only time we have within our grasp. Yet many people let it slip through their fingers. They recognize neither today's value nor potential. Good decisions today will help you have a better tomorrow. Amen? I mean, think about that. Good decisions today will help us have a better tomorrow. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about rekindling the fire. So get in the habit of focusing on today. The next 24 hours you have right in front of you. Today. Today. Spend time with God talking about life, talking about perhaps your marriage or your relationships or Him or your work or your finances. Spend time today talking about that and trusting Him for that. Let go of the past. Quit thinking about the past. Quit living life in the rearview mirror. Philippians 4, uh, 3, verse 12 says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is what? Behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, what? Heavenward in Christ Jesus. So let go of the past. And then Jesus told us to stop worrying about tomorrow. It's there in your notes, Matthew 6, 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Look, think about that. The, the Scripture is admonishing us to let one thing I do, letting go of what is behind me, the past, and don't worry about tomorrow, the future, but notice, God wants us to enjoy today. This is the day that the Lord has made. He's telling us to get focused on today. Amen? And I believe that when we approach, when we approach life with an attitude that says, any time is better than now, we miss it. Oftentimes we'll say, you know, yesterday would have been a good day to do that. <laughs> Tomorrow might even be a better one. Instead of saying, you know what, today is the day. Today is when I start doing this. How many of you have ever thought about going on a diet tomorrow? <laughs> or stopping something tomorrow, you know? All right, and Vicki will tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm a professional at this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, starting Monday, we're going to do this. <laughs> Instead of saying, today, today we're going to start, right? Today. Remember last week's quote from Jerry Rice? He said, today I will do what others won't, so tomorrow I can accomplish what others can't. What are you doing with today? What are you doing with your today? The third habit I think we all need to get into is get moving in God's direction every single day. If you're filling in the blanks there or taking notes, that's the third point. Get moving in God's direction Get moving in God's direction today. Make it your goal to get in God's presence as early as possible every day. Did you hear me? Now, some of you are very early morning people. You know, you get up at before the roosters crow. How many of you are like that? Let me see your hands. I don't like you. <laughs> Just kidding. 
No, I mean, some of you are just, you know, that's, that's, I'm not a morning person. I'm not an early morning person. And so, you know, for me to try and get up at 4, 4.15 in the morning to try and, you know, start my day off right is not, it's just not going to work, okay? But the moment I get up, I don't care what time it is that you get up, get into God's presence right away. Get into God's presence. Start, as you're starting to wake up and become conscious to, conscious, conscious to the world around you, start thanking him. Start thinking of him. Start enjoying his presence. Invite his presence. I surrender all, God. I surrender my day to you. See? Get into God's presence right away. Jesus, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, but this was Jesus, okay, just so you know. That's why it says he got up very early in the morning. Um, for the rest of us, we can get up early in the morning. <laughs> he got up and left the house to a soli solitary place where he went out and prayed. The most important thing you and I can do is to, to start our day in God's presence. Every day. How do we do that? Let me give you three things and I'll be done. First of all, three ways to help you do this. First, present yourself. If you're taking notes, present yourself to him. Just say, God, I just present myself. I, I present me to you today. The Bible says in Romans 12, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of the mercy of God, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable unto God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. So when you get up in the morning, present, just present three different things to the Lord. First of all, present yourself to him. Second, present your heart to him. Your heart. Well, how do you do that? The word. Psalm 119, 11 says, I've hidden, hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So spend some time in his word, reading it or reciting it or based on memory, quoting it in your heart. Let the word of God steer your day. Did you know that? The word of God will steer or will, will navigate, if you will, your day, if you'll let it, if you'll give God the opportunity. Start your day out right. So start, first of all, by giving God your heart or your, yourself, then your heart, and then last, third, present your day to him. Present your day, invite God into your day. When you do that, you're focusing on him. You're, 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 you're going towards the Lord. You're inviting him into your day. You're, you're, you're making it possible for you to experience him on a brand new level if you'll do that. Now, let me challenge you today as we close. Worship team can come. We can stand together. Pastoral team is going to be on the sides. If you need prayer, would love prayer about anything today. They're there for you. It's a safe place. You can share things with them and they'll pray with you and trust God with you on your behalf. But let me challenge each one of us. This is the year. Everyone say this is the year. It's the year to rekindle the fire, to renew, to restore. God wants to do something fresh in each of our lives. He, he doesn't want at the end of this year for us to be equal to or less than we were going into this year. I believe God wants to do something fresh and new inside of us. 
And it all starts with how we deal with our day. It's, it's the, the rhythm of life. You get into that rhythm of gratitude, of thankfulness. Then you get into that rhythm of renewal or surrender, of inviting him, starting your day out right. These are, these are things that are important to good music. These are things that are important to a good life. So the first thing was gratitude or thankfulness, having a thankful heart or an attitude of gratitude. The second is the, the, the rhythm of renewal, of refreshing and renewal. And you can have that every single day. Why? Because you, you can have a new start, a fresh start, a clean start every day. Let's bow our heads. This morning, I, I want to challenge each one of us to be truthful with the Lord today, just to acknowledge where we're at. I want to pray for, for some folks, and, and first thing I want to pray for is if there's anyone here that you're not a Christian, you don't, you've never surrendered your life to the Lord, or perhaps if you did, you're certainly not walking with Him now. And you're saying, you know what, this is a brand new year. I want to start this out different. I want to give my heart to him. I want to surrender my, my life to him. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God will do something new inside of you and develop a relationship and build something fresh and exciting with you and him. If that's you, I won't embarrass you, ask you to come up. I just want to pray for you. Would you slip up your hands? God bless you. Okay. For the rest of us, I want to pray a blessing on our lives today. You'd say, you know what? I, I know that I'm not as passionate as I used to be. And I, I've let my daily routine with him slip and I just, I just want to make a commitment today to start meeting with him like I used to and praying and spending time with him. I just want you to pray for me. Would you, if, if that's you, would you slip up your hand? God bless you all over the place. Thank you. We're going we're gonna to worship in just a few minutes, but before we do that, I just want to pray for you. If, if you've lifted your hands up for any of these, would you just focus your heart and your attention on him right now as I pray. Lord, I pray for every single person that raised their hands and said, you know what, I want to grow. I want to get closer to my God. I want to enjoy his presence every single day of my life. I've gotten out of rhythm and I want to get that back. I want to get back in rhythm with God. Lord, I pray for each person. I pray, Lord, that you'd help them make the space and make you a priority and be reminded when they get up tomorrow morning that, that they're going to start their day different than they have been. And they're going to include you and they're going to start with a fresh start. 
clean slate. They're going to focus on the next 24 hours in front of them, making today matter. God, they're going to get into your presence as soon as they wake up. Lord, would you help each and every one of us do that? Would you, would you plant a seed that longs to have that rhythm back in our life that causes us to not say, tomorrow I'll do it, or Monday I'll do it. But today, Lord, I pray for every single person. And we thank you for your victory in this area. In Jesus' name. Let's just take a few minutes and worship. If you need prayer, the pastoral team's over there. I hope this bear.